Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project, where purpose-driven leaders unite to change the game of life and business forever. Here are your hosts, Susan Hobson and Rob Kalvaroski. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. On this week's episode, Shauna Shu joins the show and we talk about how to ask the right questions to spark growth within your team why leaders can't have all the answers, and Shauna gives us some extremely practical tips on return to work and some other great leadership strategies. If you haven't yet, head over to Apple, leave us a rating and review, and if you have any leadership questions, any mindset questions, or any questions about return to work or high-performance leadership strategies, drop those in the review, and Susan and I will answer them on an upcoming podcast. Definitely do that. First, thank you in advance for doing that. And secondly, that helps us get found by more and more people. We are still giving away a few more Fearless Organization scans and debriefs. So if you want to take your team to the next level, if you want to improve and get started on your journey of building psychological safety within your organization, you're definitely going to want to reach out either to me, you can email me rob at elitehighperformance.com, or you can email susan at susan at elitehighperformance.com, and you can get one of those for free. It's a limited time offer. We're only giving away 10 and a few have been used up already. So definitely reach out and get that today. If you haven't yet, head over to EliteHighPerformance.com. We are rolling out a bunch of new programs, new services, and new offerings in the leadership space. And I'm pumped that we're going to be bringing those to you. They are going to completely change the game for you and your organization. So definitely head over to EliteHighPerformance.com. Check those new offerings out. Hit subscribe on the podcast. Thanks for listening. And here's the interview with Shauna Shu. We are live. Welcome to the Leadership Launchpad Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. And as always, we have our in-house leadership coach all the way from Princeton, New Jersey, Susan Hobson. Susan, how are you? Maybe 15 years ago, sir. (laughs) Oh, God, now I'm dating myself. I'm great, fabulous, as always, on this fine day. Um, The last week of summer, I can't even believe I woke up this morning and I realized, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like these kids have one more week and then they're back to an actual building. They're going back to school. It's official. And us parents are so freaking relieved here in Toronto, I have to say. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's good to be back. And, and I think, yeah, like out here, it's already feeling like fall. So it's oh. time for college football. That's all I'm worried about. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we got a quote to start off today. And the quote I got is from Jay Samet. And he's talking about... There's, I came across this quote um, the other day, and he says, corporate planning cycles are a classic example of generals fighting the last war over again instead of preparing for what may lie ahead. And I think 
for me, this is what we've been talking about on this show since the beginning Mm -hmm. is we, I mean, first off, the time is now, like literally we talked about it a few weeks ago where 40% of the workforce is, is changing jobs. We are and have already switched to remote work and it ain't going back. And I think a lot of the things that we need to be thinking about as leaders, and I've heard this a lot lately, I've been reading about it, is the the leaders who are very dead set on coming back to the office are talking about we want to maintain culture and we want to be able to onboard people. And I think if you weren't deliberately doing that during the pandemic when people were remote, just because they're back in the office is not going to help. So it takes a little effort, takes a little planning, and it takes a lot of deliberation and thoughtful work. So I just want to leave people with that. Susan, do you have any thoughts? Well, I just think we got to capitalize on all this disruption because I think it really opened up a lot of important space in and around, you know, where we need to be in business. Because like we've been saying on this show, like business has really been stuck in the industrial era of of management practices, right? So I just think it's a shame. I understand it. I don't want to minimize like where some of these organizations are coming from and these leaders are coming from, like they're scared, right? In terms of like how they're actually going to come out of this thing and recover from this thing. So it makes sense that they'd want to revert back to what they know. But I think that's why we're doing this show, right? Is to just try to empower our people with the education required so that we actually see we can't afford to go backwards. We need to keep pushing forward, pandemic or not. (laughs) And the last thing I'll leave people with, I saw this quote and I thought I was just horrified by it. But basically in the article, um, they were talking about a lawyer who runs a firm and she she put out an email or, or a communication to her employees talking about it takes you more time to come into the office. It takes you time to get dressed. It takes you time yeah. to do this and that. And I was like, we are still adults. Like, I know we've been at home, but you, you can't talk down to your employees yeah. and assume that they've forgotten how to get dressed. Yeah, infantilize them. Not a great leadership strategy. (laughs) But moving to something a little bit more positive, we have a special guest today, Shauna Shu. Shauna, how are you? I'm fantastic. Magnificent. Fresh out of wine country. Right? That's exactly right. Not We're having so, any wine currently, but I haven't buyed before. <laughs> Not firing it up at seven o'clock in the morning. That's right. Now, Shauna, for people who are new to you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? I think the most important thing that a listener might want to know uh, is that I actually know what I'm doing. <laughs> I love it. I love a confident woman. I've been uh, working with uh, clients for years and years. And one of the things that that happened naturally was when you're listening to someone and you start to say, what, how are they thinking? And when, when I'm doing presentations or I was working with organizations, people would go, I want to know more about that. And so my business naturally progressed into doing a lot of leadership coaching, communication, presentation coaching, because I have kind of a unique way to look at things. Not that other people do not. It's just that. I, based on where I live and what I do and how I've been raised, I, 
I really like to, I think you use the word disruption. I really like to challenge people's way of thinking. So that's where it all began is uh, probably because I live a little bit alternatively. We, we love that, right? As, as a mindset strategy architecture, you know, uh, expert, that's like my area of expertise is, is how I refer to it. It's all about teaching people how to think, right? Strategically yes. so that they can maximize their growth and the growth of their people. So how did you get on this path? I'm curious to know as a well, leadership coach of- yourself. But a couple things I lived, I was raised by people who could not have children. So they adopted us and then um, they were older. And at that time, now people are having children older all the time, but it was a completely different process. And my mother didn't really like to cook. And so she never taught me. And I remember my dad said, when are you going to teach Shauna to cook? And my mother would say when she needs to learn. And I just really never needed to learn. (laughs) So I spent a lot of time reading and my mother seated me, read aloud to me a lot and seated me with adventure and women who were doing amazing things. And my dad used to say to me all the time, what do you think, Shauna? He, he asked me questions that made me feel that I had something to contribute Mm-hmm. And I would say right there that one of the things leaders can do immediately is the kind of questions they're asked, they're asking or not asking mm-hmm. is whether or not they're engaging the people who are working with them. Mm-hmm. As I believe ever since a young age that it was the quality of our questions that really were the quality of the way we were thinking. I love that. Right. Straight from Tony Robbins, the godfather of a lot of this stuff himself. Right. That's what he talks about. The quality of question leads to the quality of answer. So, Absolutely. So tell us about this leadership mission that you're on in Oregon. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. What are, you, what are you really trying to affect in this space? Thank you. And, you know, you're talking about what you're doing with the Leadership Launchpad and, and looking at how is work going to be in the future. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the bottom line is always what value do you bring? Uh, does it matter where you're working? Uh, is there value? to what you're contributing or is there value to what you do? And sometimes in working with someone and I'll ask the leader, what is it that you're hired for? But why are you being paid? Mm-hmm. And it's always so startling. They're like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to keep people on task or I'm yeah. there as their resource or I'm helping them. And I would really ask everybody who's listening right now to really ask themselves that question. Why are you being paid? Why, why are, where, where is your role there? And if it's just to help other people, yes. Or is it to challenge, engage? Is it to spark other people to do the very best that they can possibly do? And I think a lot of leaders, at least the ones I work with, sometimes get caught in the doing instead of the strategy of it. I love it. And so we're like, from a, like, obviously there's a balance to that, right? But where's, where does that lie for you? Uh, explain to me what you mean by balance, Rob, so I understand the context. Yeah, so like when you said they get caught in the doing, mm-hmm. like there's some balance between, like there's obviously some things that they need to do and there's some things that they, I mean, and then there's a fair amount of time of leading and coaching and, and managing their people. Like where's the balance or how would someone out there know that they're either doing too much doing or not enough doing, or where's the balance? Like? Great question. And I, I liken it to when you're, if, if I understand that my role as a leader is 
really higher level where I need to be at a place where I am looking out at what is coming and I'm making sure that the right people are in the right places, that I'm giving opportunity where it is. So if my biggest job is to make sure that I'm keeping the direction flowing versus getting into the weeds Mm -hmm. of like a lot of leaders, a doing thing is somebody will come in with a complaint and a leader will listen to that complaint and thank them for telling them what was going on. And so they praised basically gossip, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So they're Mm -hmm. saying, thank you for letting me know what was going on. So then more and more people, they love getting that praise. So they bring more and more about what's going on or what's not going right. Where a leader might ask, tell me why you are telling me. And if you do it in a loving way, they're going to go, well, I thought you would fix it. And this is something they could fix themselves probably, maybe with a little bit of facilitation or some questions. What is it that you want? Where are you going with this? And I think that's the difference between being in the weeds of who's doing what and who's this and people are having issues to how do I help them be the very best they can be at their performance, at their jobs? Does that make sense? Yeah. I don't know if I explained that completely. If I understand it correctly, it's like the, the difference between the doing of, okay, I'm going to get this task done. I'm going to put out this fire. It's not necessarily going to lead to growth, right? Whereas if you're starting to elicit questions in and around how they can go out the front door and solve that problem on their own, then obviously it creates a building block for them to have the skill, right? In order Beautifully. to- Beautifully. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because if, I, if I'm doing it for them, like they come and say, we need more people or we need this or I'm, I need, and you're asking them, do you, had you checked this? And have you done this? You're basically telling them and they'll always come to you for more of that mm-hmm. instead of what have you tried so far? Mm-hmm. Who have you asked? What solutions do you have so far? Now they mm-hmm. go, well, I've tried this, this, this. Ah, another question elicits. But most of the time, not most, but a lot of the time they come to you first. Mm-hmm. I liken it to, you know, my mother, I would say, uh, mom, how do you spell something? And my mom would go, well, look it up. And here was my brilliance. If I knew how to spell it, I could look it up. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, she would come back and go, you'll learn how to spell it while you look it up. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I hated that about my mother because I wanted her to give me the answer. It was the way I was dealing with life was the same thing. I don't know how to do this. Yeah. And you're like, what have you tried so far? Well, no, I'm just asking you, teach me, teach me, or tell me, tell me. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't provide other leaders inside your organization at all. And I think we, a lot of times we get caught in that and it makes us feel good. Mm-hmm. We solve their problem. We think that this is what we're supposed to be doing. They came to me and asked me how to do it. I told them good for me. Mm-hmm. I could see why you lead with the question in terms of tell me what it is that you're actually responsible for. Yeah. Right. Because if they are saying, well, I'm here to answer questions and I'm, I'm here to support and give resources and you're, they're, they're answering it in that way, then you're, you know, right away is like, okay, strategically, we need to like peel back and we need to actually understand the difference between the doing and the impact, right? The yes. impacting of the growth. Tell us if if you wouldn't mind sharing, because I feel like we're already dipping into this territory and I would appreciate your expertise on this. Um, What are some of the biggest mistakes that you see leaders making aside from not knowing what their actual responsibility is? (laughs) 
or having boundaries in and around jumping in and, and doing too much in the weeds. What 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 do you would you say are the big some of the biggest mistakes that leaders make? Now <clears throat> dealing with different levels of leadership. So it depends on how long they've been a leader. We make different mistakes at different times. Yeah, absolutely. But I think that a lot of times, especially when you're in a corporate structure, a, a mistake I see often is you're waiting for permission. They're they're they don't they're talking like I don't want to step on someone's toes, mm-hmm. or I want to take this initiative, but I'm waiting for permission, or I'm waiting to go through even a planning. You know, they're mm-hmm. asked to put their plan together and they're tentative about it. <clears throat> and I don't know a leader that is leading other leaders that doesn't want them to come in with a solution and take initiative. Mm -hmm. So this is what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And the result I'm seeking, we would all go, wow, this is great. But instead it's like, here's the plan. What do you think? You know, and they're, they're doing what people are doing under them. They're, they're, they're seeking either uh, affirmation or permission to do something. Mm -hmm. And a leader just steps up and does what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. based on what they're wanting to accomplish and the results they seek. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I feel that that is kind of a big thing, especially when leaders are brought up because they're brilliant at what they do. It's, it's difficult for them to take the initiative because they always are task driven right. instead of strategy driven. Yeah. I think this is one of the biggest roadblocks that I see in my work with new leaders, especially, right. Is like, they're awesome all-star individual contributors and they're just like so good at what it was that they were, you know, relied upon to do. And then they step into a leadership role and they don't understand the difference because it is, yes. it's, it's a different responsibility, right. When you're leading other people. And the other thing they make a mistake, I think, uh, or it could be a, a stumbling block for them is that they really want to be liked. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they are attempting not to rock the boat too much, especially mm-hmm. when they're younger than people, or they were moved in because of the results they were dri- driving mm-hmm. and there's somebody that's been there longer. So there's that, those dances of resentments or, you know, not having engagement. And in reality, as a leader, if you look at what your intent is, mm-hmm. is it to be liked, which mm-hmm. you maybe will never attain, or is it to be fair and provide value mm-hmm. and respect. Mm-hmm. And when I speak, I'm always, people don't have to like me. And when I was younger, I wanted people to like me. But really what I want them to do is learn something from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so if I'm challenging you and you might go, I don't know if I agree with that. Yay, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yay, yeah. yay. So it's not about being liked. It really, and that still means be kind and be fair and be reasonable and all of those things. Yeah. But if I'm like, if you, if I want you to like me, I will do things for you. Yeah. If I want you to be the height of your ability, I will challenge you, mm-hmm. which you might not like. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I think where you're coming down to is, is the, what we talked about last week, right? With trust. Is mm-hmm. like, if you don't have trust, then you can never challenge anyone and you get into this cycle of basically it's low psych safety where you just agree with everything and it's it's all hunky-dory. Um, but true psychological safety is actually what you're talking about, right? Where it's the ability to challenge each other and have these hard conversations and be in the pocket and really innovate. And I think it's something that most people when they first hear about the concept, they don't necessarily, they see it more as like a safe space where 
everyone's happy. And I don't think that that's truly what it is. Mm -mm. You bring a really good point. And when we're talking about trust, another mistake I think many humans make, the leaders in particular, is somebody will interrupt in a meeting or take over the meeting. And you're in this fine dance between keeping on task or shutting people down. You know, we've already done that. That's a shutdown. And that ruins trust, Rob, as you were talking about, like, I'm not going to say anything at all because I keep getting knocked down. Mm -hmm. And so you're in that dance of, and, and the mistakes at the very beginning sometimes shut people down. And then you have a big, big hill to go up to build that trust back up. Mm -hmm. If you started with the intent of the questioning, explain to me, or would it be all right if we put that on the back burner, why we stay to the agenda? versus that's not on the agenda. That's a shutdown versus the question of, can we stay to the agenda? Mm -hmm. Suddenly they feel like they agreed to that. So there's some really wonderful, juicy subtleties that I think leaders must begin to learn and, and embrace. Mm -hmm. go ahead. Oh. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was just going to say, I wanted to pick up, I didn't want to hog the mic, Rob, because I feel like I've been asking all the questions today. So I was trying to open up space for you, sir. Um, I want to bridge back to what we were talking about in and around what is really top of mind for most of the leaders I know I'm working with, and certainly the ones that we've been interviewing on this show, which is this, what do we do in this space where we're trying to navigate a return to work? right? Like where we're trying to navigate psychological safety and like how safe do people actually feel to come back to an office? And is that even necessary? What are some of the, the things that you're seeing uh, your leaders in your spot of the world there? Um, that are, What are they struggling with the most in and around this transition back to work? Uh, well, just exactly what you said. Where is the dance between somebody who is feeling fearful and does not want to come back to work Mm -hmm. And a philosophy of we have people that come in our doors that, that still need to be served. Mm -hmm. So it depends on what kind of work that you're doing. Mm -hmm. uh, and also how you're dealing with people when you don't know what they're doing off site. Mm -hmm. So sometimes it'll be, I want to check in on someone. And I think it's also a mistake some leaders make because a check-in can be a couple of things. Number one, it can be wonderful, but it can also be an interruption. And what do you think? I'm not doing my job. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's all these things. Yeah. So instead of a check-in, it might be a review or it might be that you're going to do a results recap. Tell me what, what went on that was good today or what you accomplished so that I am in the loop, not just mm -hmm. checking in, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, 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 make yeah, sure yeah. you're okay. Uh, and I think we got to be careful with that because we're not there. We're not necessarily trying to be friendly. Uh, the next thing that I think that, that helps especially as people navigate going in or going out, sometimes leaders are asking how people are feeling. Mm -hmm. And I, I think this is probably inherently, and we're going into some deep stuff right now. I mean, because it's like, we want to know how people feel. We want to care about them. However, when you ask how somebody feels, feelings, first of all, are arbitrary. They, they jump in and out. You know, I'm feeling kind of down. I open up the window and I see the the sun's rise and now I feel fabulous. You know, I mean, it's like moment to moment, right? Things can happen to shift your feeling. But if you actually said, tell me what's working in what you're doing now, then, then we're ask, actually asking a concrete question that they're going to say, well, what is working? And then not what isn't working, but what would be improved? 
and not how do you feel about coming back to work, but what value do you think coming back to work would provide our clients? Mm-hmm. And then that listen to that question, right? That not how do you feel about coming back to work? I don't want to come back to work, right? My feeling, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Versus, would you help me understand what you feel or what you think would be the value to our clients if, if we had a presence at work? Mm-hmm. And then they're thinking in a whole new way, right? They're, they're thinking it would be valuable to be on site or it wouldn't be, or they're going to actually completely shift the way they respond to you. Mm-hmm. Did that make sense, Susan? Yeah, no, I think it makes sense. It's like if, if you're a leader and you're trying to encourage your people to see the positives in terms of going back to work, I think that would definitely be a way to lead them in that direction from a mindset perspective. But I also want to acknowledge that I think what my, what I'm counseling my leaders on right now is like the importance of meeting your people where they're at and getting an yes. honest assessment in terms of how they're feeling because you you legitimately want to make sure that they feel seen and they feel heard and 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 that they actually have you know leadership that actually cares about them as human beings you know so I definitely think there's a time and a space for that conversation as well maybe they're separate conversations but I certainly see what you're suggesting is the strategy there Shona I want to dig more into these questions like as a leader, how do we know or how do we craft a great question? Ah, that's a great question. <laughs> that's what I do. Touche. And uh, <laughs> this is where the subtlety comes in and where if you're actually, it's not the actual question per se, it's the intent behind the question. So if I am a... If, if I want to add value or if I want to help them uncover it themselves, which is what I believe the main job of a leader is, is to help their team uncover or discover things for themselves. Instead of providing all the time, it's to be the catalyst for them to actually think new thoughts. So if my intent is to get a temp- take a temperature or my intent is to find out if they're happy or if they have goals then my questions will naturally lead from my intent. Mm-hmm. So it's not the actual question. Now, there are certain leading questions that help people. Um, I just wrote a blog post about the difference between, as a leader, a suggestion versus a question. So somebody makes a mistake and you come in and you go, may I suggest that next time you... So now you're telling. right? You're telling them and they can do it or not do it. And they might take offense or not take offense. But if you were to actually stop and instead of suggest something, say, walk me through your thinking around this. I just that one right there. You're not saying it's good or bad. Just walk me through how what what your process was to come to this decision or come to this action. It's open. It's free. And they're going to go, well, I thought that. And that. and then you might ask another question because whatever they say to you leads you into the other good question. Why well, you don't really need to have them as long as you understand your intent. And if you're really listening to them and you're asking the next question. So if you say, walk me through this process and they go, I just was told to do it. Oh, you get all kinds of, you get some information there. <laughs> that they didn't think. Intel. <laughs> There's the intel. So it's, it's the purpose of that strategy so that you can understand where the breakdown was in their decision-making 
process. And if they even had a decision-making process. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like you said a second ago, it's the questions that you ask and the things that you don't say. So what's missing? (laughs) What's missing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in that response is sometimes the answer that you're looking for. (laughs) And um, Rob, you had meant that was really insightful because most of my clients will say, let me write down that question. Mm -hmm. And I think then we miss the point. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I get to be a good questioner? And, and it, it's a fear, right? Or you, here's it. People would go, well, I asked, I was a good questioner. I said, what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm like, not a great question, uh, <laughs> but it gonna, was indeed a question. So that's that where everything yeah, shifts <laughs> in that it's, it's the intent behind it. Cause if I say, what were you thinking? Then I'm trying to maybe, I don't even realize it, but make them wrong. Yeah. Versus walk me through what you were thinking. Yes. Yeah. Is that com- same? I still want to get to the issue. Yeah. But what were you thinking is not great for a question. Or yeah. what made you think that? It's shame inducing is the problem. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And when it's open and exploratory, it's like, I, I'm just curious. I want to understand. It gets yes. them to lean in and want to explain to you, right? Because they don't feel judged. They just are in front of somebody who wants to understand them, which makes them feel good, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so I have a question, and let's see if I can do it in the way that you suggested. Um, yeah, I really want to understand, what do you see? Because we talked about disruption. You said that you really resonated with that word. What do you see as being, being some of the biggest opportunities in all of this disruption that we've just been through? Bravo. And that's a great question. And I see opportunity and I also see innovation. Mm -hmm. So if indeed we could go back, what, so as a leader, I would ask what really worked about the way we did things? Mm -hmm. What really worked when we were in the office together? What was really effective Mm -hmm. so that we'd get all of, all of it listed out. We'd maybe do it as a big team or we do it individually. And well, I liked this and I liked that. And I liked this. What do you really enjoy or like? What works? What's effective and performance enhancing virtually? Mm-hmm. Now we've got all these. What would be an innovative way, mesh them, have, what might we do that would combine all the best pieces of both? And next mm-hmm. thing we know, we have something completely different that no one, you know, people talk about a hybrid, but mm-hmm. that could be anything to anyone. Mm-hmm. And but the difference is, what is the end goal? Mm -hmm. So this isn't about working at home or coming back to the office or being forced to do either. The real question in my mind is what is the result we're attempting to, you know, produce Mm -hmm. impact. And so if indeed it is this, then what is the best way to get that end result? And if the best way to get that end result is for someone to work virtually, let's go. Let's work virtually. If the best result is to work on site, well, then it's a natural indication. It doesn't matter all the things that we have to do. Like a virtual presentation versus a live presentation. There's good about this and good about this, but what is my end result? Mm -hmm. And if my end result is to connect people and have those hallway conversations and spark their, we've got to be on site. Mm -hmm. Mm But if my End result is information sharing. Ah, mm-hmm. Do it virtually. 
I love this because this is an actual strategy that our listeners can run with, right? You know, especially the ones that are on the fence in terms of which way do we go and what is this going to look like? That's very practical. And the next thing is, you just said something brilliant in that a leader will attempt to figure this out. And what I believe a leader's job is, is remember to uncover and discover others. I don't need to know. Mm -hmm. I just need to ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. So if I said to my entire team, all right, let's look at what we get and what we don't. And what is our end goal here? What is our end goal here? Mm -hmm. And they keep going to the end goal. They'll discover it and decide we should be coming in. Mm -hmm. I don't have to mandate that. Mm -hmm. Or I will be in total agreement that mm -hmm. it is a hybrid mm -hmm. or that we continue to stay virtual. Mm -hmm. I, I, as a leader, do not have to have that answer. Mm -hmm. And I love that the most. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it is very empowering, right? Like when the, when the leader stands at the front of the room and says, I don't know what this looks like, but how about we come together at this table and start to explore what it could look like? Like, I just think it gets people out of that fear and that doubt and indecision and right, like trepidation in terms of making the wrong decision. And it gets them into excitement, gets them leaned in and engaged and contributing. And then I think if, if you land on this new iterated, innovative, hybrid kind of style of working based on what's going to work best to produce the, the result that we're after... And I think it, it, it lends itself to confidence too, right? Because confidence, engagement, they're creating it. Mm -hmm. This is, Buy I want to create my own world mm -hmm. and I have ability to do that. Mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to create it from a place of ego or selfishness. Mm -hmm. I have to create it from a place of what value do I bring? Mm hmm mm hmm so I, I love that we're actually landing some really practical strategies. We get feedback on this all the time. Our listeners love that. So could you, another great question, would you mind sharing like your top three leadership strategies, some of the ones that you love the most that are most high impact? And by strategies, are you, are you talking about how yeah. we think or are you talking about tools? Well, I like to talk about how we think as a mindset strategy coach, right? But I think I'm going to leave that open-ended for the, for the purpose of getting you to step in with whatever you feel is going to be most high impact for our audience based on your area of expertise. Thank you. If I could say the overall reaching is if you're clear on what your end result is or your intention, yeah. you're going to be so much far superior to almost every leader because we're given a lot of our goals by corporate or higher margins, bigger market share. We're giving that without really having that, this intrinsic thing that we're all moving towards. Right. Because the, the person in the front line or the person that's dealing with the customers one-on-one -on -one is less involved in that. Right. Mm -hmm. They know they could lose their job if they're, if the numbers aren't there, or maybe they don't even know, they just think they're doing a task. Mm -hmm. So the minute we can get rid of the task thinking and really think of value providing, mm -hmm. we're going to be a hundred times ahead. Mm -hmm. So I would say that is one of the most important thought processes. Mm -hmm. The next one is that most leaders believe that they're leading because they are telling or they're selling, whether they're telling people what to do, which is general, or they're selling 
oh, we all got to back this. We've all got to get in there. And we're, we're leaders do quite a bit of selling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and a man convinced against his will is of the same opinion still. You know, oh, I, mean, you I can, love that. You can sell all you like, but don't mean anybody going to do it. Yeah, you're <laughs> not going to so, necessarily get the buy-in, in other words. Right. So the way to get the buy-in or the strategy that we would do is that questioning. Mm-hmm. And, and I believe... I always like to tell the story. My dad was a builder and he was an expert hammer. I mean, he could nail things, you know, he would do all this and it's an easy concept. Here's a nail, here's a hammer, drive it. But you don't want to see me hammer something. I mean, I'm not, I, I hit my fingers. I bend <laughs> the nail. It's like nightmarish. So he became a very masterful hammer or, or driving the nail because he did it so often and became expert at it. Right. And here's the challenge. And maybe the third most important strategy is that leaders think that they are natural or that it's an ability or that they, they were gifted that. And I'm yeah. going to tell you, it isn't. It is something that the best leaders are continually seeking uh, better answers. They're seeking to learn. And that's why they work with you as a coach or all of yeah. us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that is a strategy that probably should be number one is what are you doing to you know, tweak or expand your own thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mastery requires 10,000 hours. of practice. At least. At least. That's <laughs> the starting point, like to even get to that level. Right. But I do think it is everything we're constantly reinforcing on this show, right. Is the importance of the continuous improvement and continuous curiosity and continuous learning. Therefore, you do and a good that's, job. That's where I want to dig, Shauna, with you. Is like you've mentioned a few things so far that you've talked about shifts in thinking, and the first shift was like going from the the doer or the SME to a leader, and then the last one was like just what you mentioned there, right? Which is like instead of I was born a leader, and I get that asked that a lot. Is like people ask me, they're like, "Do you believe leaders are born or created or learned?" Mm-hmm. Right. And it's like, how do we start to shift our thinking? Is it just a matter of questioning or or how else do we get there? When you want to become a better leader? Just in any of these aspects, like how do we shift from thinking of ourselves as an SME who has to have all the answers to becoming a leader? How do we how do we get our thinking from I am a natural born leader to I need to start learning more about myself and leadership. I think it's a good question. It takes some self-reflection probably in who are we bringing to the world and are we bringing our best self to the world? And most of us would not be able to say that we are, or maybe we are a percentage of the time. And so that internal question of, am I at my very best? That's the beginning of the shift. And the answer is generally, you could be better. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to look for wins and I want to recognize what I do really well and all of that. And if I tweaked this this much, I would be, I would have better results. And look at your results. You know, uh, Will Height used to say, results, often harsh, always fair. Mm-hmm. You know, you get on the scale, that's a result. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, I don't like that result. Well, <laughs> often harsh, always fair. <laughs> and uh, the same, same with your numbers or any of it. Yeah. And that's why, you know, tracking is important. 
I hope yeah. that answered that question. Yeah, I think it does, right? Because I think what you're saying is it, it, it starts with the high quality question internally. I think if we all step back to ask ourselves that question, I think it's just naturally, organically going to open up an awareness and then around the opportunities for growth. But you're not even going to see any of that and want to go on that mission unless you open up space to explore right, and discover, because those are your two favorite anchor words I could tell where those opportunities lie. And I think naturally, once you do elicit that response in any leader's experience, it makes them hungry. It makes it awakens the desire to want to go on that mission and acquire resources or find ways, right, to develop in those areas. Well, and one of the things, Rob and, and Susan, you're doing right now, if you have somebody listening to this podcast and following you, they're already there. Mm-hmm. They're already seeking something that they didn't know before, which is why you're getting feedback that they love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. So you're adding value to the world by putting this podcast on. Mm -hmm. And so your people are hungry. I mean, that's why podcasts are so darn popular. Mm -hmm. So uh, what a gift you are to the world. Thank you, (laughs) Shana. Honestly, we, we just think along the same lines. We're very aligned with you, right? It just all starts with really really high quality questions. And I think that is what we're trying to do here is just get people thinking about where all these opportunities are, because we see them, we've seen it. And this maybe is what made us look a little crazy at the start of the pandemic. We were like, this is an opportunity. Let's get on the mic. Let's launch this podcast. Let's start asking these questions because as hard as it was, we saw the opportunity to keep people engaged in their growth as a means of sustaining their way through how hard things were. Right. And so thank you for your feedback. It's absolutely why we went on this mission, eh, sir? Yeah. And it's funny, Shauna. So I keep seeing your, your dog walking around in the background and I got mine back here too. And and we did, when we did chat before you mentioned that, that pets can teach us a lot about leadership. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? You're the sweetest, Rob. Yes, we did talk. People ask me sometimes, you know, what's different? So many leadership coaches, so many leadership coaches, and they're all good, right? Or they're doing whatever it is that their niche is. And I live on a farm. I have a, or a little ranchette, I like to say. I own a horse boarding facility. So, uh, and I, I have animals. I've lived with them all my life and I'm a horsewoman. And so I use tons of Uh, metaphors and stories about what animals teach us because there's leadership happening in every, every single herd pack, whatever it might be. Second of all, they have no verbal, they do verbalize, but they don't speak like we do. We have a tendency as leaders too to over talk (laughs) or over tell or over whatever sell. (laughs) Animals can get it done with body language, with a shrug. And also what is very interesting and masterful is how subtle communication can be to really get your point across. Right. And that's the silences we, we as leaders can use. And animals, they body postures, everything, you know. And I was telling someone, because I'm a horsewoman, if you want your horse to go to the side and you're looking forward and you're kicking, kicking, go to the side, go to the side, and the horse is like, nah, you know what I mean? You have to figure out a subtle thing. And one way, when you turn your head to look where you want to go, your body alters, your your hip 
drives down and the horse feels, oh, pressure. I better go that way. Wow. And talk about a subtlety. So when you're using, when I'm around animals all the time, I have a different perspective so that I can say in this instance, what if you just look where you want to go? <laughs> yeah, 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 right. And the, the you know, everybody's going to go, what's over there? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I thank you, Rob, for bringing that back up. I feel it's a uniqueness about some of the stuff that, that I add to the party, you know, and besides that, they make me happy. Animals make me happy. You can't, you can't have a goat and not laugh every day. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. You hear that folks? Time to get a goat. <laughs> Who doesn't want that every day? Shauna, before we get you out of here, this is one of the questions we like to ask all of our guests. What do you want your legacy to be? What a great question. And we, in a, in a way, can determine our intent for our lives. And on the other hand, it's the model that we, we provide. Sometimes I'm very difficult or hard on myself because I will say, oh, I'm not doing enough. And a friend will remind me that I just produced an ebook and I have a quiz and I have an online course. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm like, oh, yes. So the way we think of ourselves and the way we are putting things out into the world I guess for me, it would be that anyone who ever worked with me or knows me or that knew me when I'm gone would understand that my entire focus was about giving or generosity, that I was quick to share my knowledge with whoever asked. Beautiful. Oh my gosh, I love it. The ripple effect of, of that. Just even imagine for one second, folks. I love that. I love that quote. Now, Shauna, if people are out there, they want to connect with you, they want to find maybe that ebook or anything else that you put out, where can they find you? Thank you. Uh, everything kind of rests on my website. And my name is Shauna Shu, and it's spelled S H A W N A and S C H U H. And there's not a lot of us, I think, two that I found in the world. <laughs> so you should, you should be able to find me. And one of the things that I offer, I'd love to offer yours that goes with my legacy is I do a, a free clarifying call. And it, it's the way that two things happen. Number one, I can give. And number two, I get a, a reinforced what is really going on out there yeah. is what they bring to the party. Would you, can I just pick your brain for this one thing? And of course, I will give them my time. They just have to go to the website to actually schedule. And I love to do that. So I hope everyone will take advantage. Go into there now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and help, we'll, help we'll drop Shauna's. Yeah, we'll drop Shauna's link to her website in the podcast notes. And so you can follow her there. For us, obviously, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to Leadership Launchpad Project on your favorite podcast platform and, and head over to EliteHighPerformance.com. we got a bunch of new stuff that's coming out shortly, so definitely stay tuned there. You can also follow Susan and I on LinkedIn. Now, Susan, is there anything you want to leave us with today? Just a question in honor of everything I've learned from our friend Shauna here today. Are you playing your biggest impact game? 
That really is the question I want to leave everybody with. And I want everybody to marinate on that because this this podcast was so packed with actionable strategies in regards to how we can really start to open up space with really high quality questions. But you heard it here, folks. It starts with asking yourself that question. Every leader, right, needs to be in a constant and continuous cycle of improvement and growth. So let's all sit and marinate on that question today. And I think it's just going to open up a beautiful space, you know, where we're going to see where those opportunities lie in your lane. And of course, Rob, we want to remind them to ask any of those questions in regards to how we can help them in their growth game, right? And leave those on our Apple review. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Drop us a rating and review on Apple. And if you have any questions for us, definitely hit us up. I would also like to hear from you in terms of what's your strategy, what are you seeing in return to work? So if you're listening and you want to shoot me an email and just tell me what you're doing to manage return to work or what you're thinking of or you want to bounce any ideas off, you can hit me up, rob at elitehighperformance.com. You can hit me up there and shoot me. I'd love to hear that. And maybe we'll put a, a podcast together where we'll talk about what's going on out there. And, and kind of on that note, Susan, I did a podcast that came out this week on dismantling the high performance narrative Mm -hmm. with David Drapkin from Psychedelics Today. And he was a very insightful, thoughtful guy. He spent time learning about Buddhism. He spent time in in India. Um, He spent a lot of time alone thinking about himself and the world and and really doing a lot of self-discovery. And I did ask him, like, how do you start to know who you are or, or where does that question come from? And his answer was so, it was so profound. And I want to leave it with everyone because mm-hmm. what we talked about today here on the show is basically like starting that self-discovery process and starting to see where we can grow. And his answer basically was, we can never know the fullest of who we are. I love finding out more about who I am. And I'm open to exploring and creating it because who we are is something that doesn't yet exist. Speaking to that potential. I love that. And I love that because it honestly speaks to what I believe is true about who we are, right? And this this whole reason for being here as human beings thing and reason for being leaders as we talked about today in the continuous quest for growth opportunities, right? I, how boring would that be if we just all of a sudden arrived at who we are and there was nothing left to discover? That is like, I, that's madness to me, right? Because it's so fulfilling for those of us who are, purpose-driven individuals, right? It's so fulfilling to just wake up every single day and get to go on that treasure hunt. I have never found anything more fulfilling in my life than that, getting to realize more and more of our potential in terms of the realization of who we are and what we're made of and what we're capable of and all of that. So I love it. Thank you for bringing that to our audience, Rob. It's profound. I love it too. And and yeah, so thank I mean, everyone, thank you for listening. Shauna, I really appreciate you joining us this morning. Thank you, Shauna. Early out of Oregon. Uh, thank you for having me. It was really lovely. You're both wonderful. 
Thanks, Rana. Thank you, everybody. And we'll see you all next week. Bye, everyone.